Hello, Malcolm here. This is the third class in the series, Three Big Questions, the 2020 series. And today we're talking about how to have spiritual conversations with your Muslim friends. Not a religious conversation, not an argumentative conversation, but a spiritual conversation with people from a Muslim background. That's our topic. And the way that I've constructed this class is to have a chat with my friend and yours, Dr. Andy Bawachi, about Islam and about some of the issues that might help us to better understand the ways into a profitable, meaningful, and hopefully edifying conversation about spiritual matters with someone who's Muslim, which might then give you the opportunity to talk more about your Christian faith in time. But Finding that common ground and working on that is the, the key issue, I think, here. So we don't want to have argument, arguments with our Muslim friends. Uh, for example, let me just quote this scripture from 2 Timothy 2, verses 23 to 25. It says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. In other words, don't start a stupid argument because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Now, in the context of Paul writing there to Timothy, it's about mostly, I think, internal issues in the church. But the principles apply to all kinds of areas of sensitivity where we might find ourselves having opposing views. And I don't think it's any surprise or secret to say that Christians and Muslims have opposing views on some areas of faith. But rather than focusing on what the differences are, perhaps we should focus on how to talk meaningfully about faith first. And then perhaps we can, we can go on to talk about the more controversial issues. So that's the point of this class. And we're going to talk about things not to say and do. We're going to talk about some of the fundamentals of the Muslim faith, particularly Muhammad, the Quran and Jesus and their views of that. And then we're going to talk about the ways into a conversation, how to begin a conversation with someone from a Muslim background. And then we'll wrap up after that. So I hope you enjoy the class. Here is my conversation with Andy Boachi. You do have some experience or some exposure to, to Islam in your own family background, right? Yeah, a little bit. Man. A little bit. I mean, what, what level? What? Um... Well, I mean, my father was nominally Muslim. Um, uh, he wasn't what you'd call practicing. Um, but he would, you know, he would recite some of the the, the, the prayers and sort of the standard declarations um, about, um, you know, God being great and Muhammad being the last prophet and this sort of thing. Um, my older brother is a very committed Muslim. Um, and, uh, you know, he goes to the mosque X times a day and he's been to Mecca probably three times now. And, yeah, he's wow. the result of um, so a lot of my early exposure to Islam was just, well, I'll first say discussions, more arguments with my brother about the differences between Islam and Christianity. Um, and that's kind of where I suppose my original interest was, was, was trying to be able to engage with my brother. Um, I have to admit, I, I didn't do very well. I was probably a bit, a bit argumentative and said a few unnecessary things. Yeah, well, that might, actually that might be the starting point for this point about hmm. what not to say. Um, at least a couple of basic, I mean, if there were two or three basic things you think you don't want to go down this road or you don't want to start this way as someone, particularly for perhaps for someone like myself who has a very limited understanding of Islam, mm. and what might be 
things to avoid maybe do you think i'd say the initial thing to avoid is it's it's tempting to try to um engage with western media portraits of islam and to almost uh have as your point of departure that islam is a sort of violent religion which um you know produces terrorists and this sort of thing um now in fairness there are some passages in the quran which uh, certainly on plain reading do seem very aggressive if not violent um generally muslim apologists will uh explain these away by saying that they are they they stood for a particular um historical context and that out of that context that that they're misunderstood um most muslim apologists would argue that that jihad has nothing to do with actual war that the main reference there's only a couple of references to jihad as physical war that the main references to jihad are a kind of internal spiritual battle mm. um, so in terms of what not to say whilst there may be some truth that there are violent verses in the quran and most muslims i think would would admit that don't make that your point of departure don't start with the context of here's my peaceful religion and jesus who you know bless his children versus your incredibly violent faith connected to that again another thing which some christian apologists and some christian apologists do tend to be quite caustic about islam they 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 feel like demonizing islam is sort of a, a, a tactic um it's not a great way of engaging your muslim friend who lives next door to you you know muhammad engaged in muhammad was a, was a military man he did engage in in, in wars you know no different to king david or, or, or someone um but um it, again it's, it's tempting to say in almost off the cuff fashion that islam was spread at the edge of a sword and that that's what really um after um muhammad left mecca that that's what he went to do to spread islam by hook or by crook mm. um again even if there's a grain of truth in some of those claims not a great introductory context for your dialogue with a with a muslim it's a really good point i was thinking about um a chap i bumped into uh, two days ago i was coming back mm. from my prayer walk Mm. and there's been a house to let uh, three doors down from me for a while and there was a car outside and a chap standing there and I said are you moving in and he said yes and we got chatting it was really friendly mm. and um, his origins are Kashmir in Pakistan mm. and he's from a Muslim background uh, he said he's more I don't think I'm not sure that he's particularly practicing uh, he, right. he, he described himself as coming from a liberal Muslim background okay <laughs> um and when i he asked me what i do when i told him mm. as a church minister he was curious and asked me about it and i can just imagine if i start approaching him from a a, a, a perspective influenced by a negative view of, of the warlike nature of islam mm -hmm. we're, we're never going to get anywhere i mean he's got to he's my neighbor first mm. and i need to approach him with a more open a less aggressive i suppose a, attitude um, yeah 
Absolutely. And, and I think one that, that also, and I suppose this kind of sums up both my points, uh, one which makes as few assumptions about what Islam is like. Because oftentimes, you know, we read about Islam from uh, Christian apologists, um, some of whom have some access to grind, to be honest. Um, and, and we can make all sorts of, you know, assumptive leaps, which when you actually then get into dialogue with with Muslims, uh, they get very territorial about, you know, rightly so. No, you're putting people on the back foot. That's not yeah, helpful completely. in any conversation. Uh, one of the books I pulled off my bookshelf in preparation for this class um, that I'm not going to reference, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I re I've had it on, on my bookshelf for a while. I read it ages ago, and I pulled it back off the shelf and had a quick look at it, and I thought, I really don't like this book mm. because it's taking a very aggressive attitude towards Islam yeah. Uh, linking it so directly with, if you like, the work of the devil and that kind of thing. Oh, right, okay. I, I just, yeah. uh, I, I, I found it off-putting and I thought, I can't yeah. use this perspective. It's not respectful yeah. uh, to people, especially a lot of the Muslim friends I have or people I know who, who have at least a sincere faith. Yeah. Right? So we've got to give so, people the benefit of the doubt with that kind of thing. And there are people... Um, who, in the name of defending the Christian faith, end up attacking Islam and doing so in 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 a needlessly sort of virulent fashion. So, it might be it might be a good sort of you know teaching tool just to say that there are books like that around. Yeah, plenty of them, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, plenty. Yeah. Mm. Well, I tell you what, then. So, what? How about if we go on to the some of the foundational aspects of the way that sure uh, Muslims view Muhammad and the Quran and Jesus. And I think the idea of discussing this is to figure out where we have common ground, where sure. and where we might it might be helpful to understand some of their perspectives on these three significant issues, such that when we're we're not coming from a place of complete ignorance. So, yeah, this this isn't a class on Islam as such. It's more on how to have conversations about spiritual yeah. spiritual issues. But perhaps some basic thoughts. So. Um, mm. The thing that I've noticed in my reading about Muhammad, and tell me what, what your perspective is, is that um, often I think in, Christians compare Muslim uh, Jesus with Muhammad in the way that we tend to think about Jesus being the preeminent figure in Christianity, and then Muslim uh, um, Muhammad is the key figure in Islam. But actually, I, I think I'm wrong. In, well, I, I would be wrong to say that Muhammad is the equivalent of Jesus. They're not they're not seen in the same way. Would that be right? The way that a, the way that a Christian views a Jesus isn't necessarily the same way that a Muslim would view Muhammad. Is that right? Uh, that, that's definitely true. Um, now, obviously, from a very basic level, we, we understand Jesus to be, at least in some way, to be divine. And mm. you know, take this back to the, you know, um, the Nicene Creed. Um, which which would would be anathema to a Muslim, obviously. Mm. Um, but no, but even beyond that, I think it's still correct in that view, um, because Muslims, although you know they have the, there are ninety nine names for Allah in the Quran, and you know it includes the most beneficent and all this sort of thing. Um, there is still a real sort of ideological distance between 
Allah and humans, which mm. is kind of unbridgeable. Um, and the early church saw that very differently. So you, you have uh, John in John 1, 51, effectively, effectively um, um, aligning Jesus with Jacob's ladder, almost as if he's this kind of bridge between heaven and earth. That kind of stuff would, would make no sense, I, I think. As, there's no way that Muslims would see Muhammad in, in that light. So Muhammad was the last messenger and received the most important revelation. But he's a human being and he's a sinner, just like anyone else. So for Muslims, the, 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 the prophetic line, they're all important. And they, and they believe in all of the prophets. Um, the main ones they believe in certainly are, I'd say, are uh, Abraham, Adam, uh, David, Jesus, John the Baptist, and Muhammad. Um, all of whom were mentioned in the in the Quran. Um, but but they see them all. They they all received their own books, although they've all been lost. And so the Quran is. The, the revelation which in some sense ties all the revelations together the 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 one subtlety i'd say is that there's more reference to jesus than there are to any any of the others and they do acknowledge a number of the things which christians would acknowledge so the virgin birth is mentioned in in the quran um jesus's miracles are mentioned in the quran he's referred to as the messiah in the quran um it's believed that he will return um, to begin the judgment in the Quran. So that Muslims definitely elevate Jesus. He's, he's, he's a seriously important prophet uh, to the Muslims. Mm. Um, it was interesting actually that when, um, uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, crazy um, play that came out, uh, what was it called? The, uh, uh, Jer Jerry Springer, the opera. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. That? I did, yeah, well, I did, yeah, yeah, I did hear about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had some crazy depiction of Jesus in there, and it was some a big gay guy in a nappy, I think, and it was just, just nuts. But anyway, it, it, it was Muslims. Muslims went crazier than Christians did when 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 that play came out, right? Um, because they 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 are you know they they take the sort of prophetic line very seriously. And this is part of the reason why they're, they're very against the idea of prophets dying ugly deaths. Um, so whereas you kind of get this sort of unvarnished portrayal in the biblical texts of what happens to prophets, you don't get that at all in the Quran. And the idea that Jesus was crucified um, mm again, generally anathema to, to Muslims, which is why that superintendent is denied. So yeah, the, the, there's definitely a, a key difference between the way um, Christians apprehend Jesus to, to how um, Muslims see Muhammad. Muhammad is seen, I, I say, I guess you could call him the movement founder, but the thing they focus on is the revelation itself, which is why the, the the sort of structural integrity of the Quran and the poetic perfection of the Quran and all the things is, is centrally centrally important to Muslims. Um, so when even when they refer to um, 
Jews, Christians, and Muslims themselves as people of the book, um, assuming that we you know we all have a particular book. The Jews have the Torah, we have the the Injil, what they what they call the Gospels, um, and they have the they they give them the Quran. Um, the the books are very important, but they would say that the the earlier books have been corrupted. So the Injil has been corrupted mainly by the Jews and also by Paul. Um, and even the Torah has been corrupted, but the Quran is intact. Uh, so, so, and, and this is why this, I suppose coming on to your, to a bit onto your next point, an attack on the Quran is, is very much an attack on the very foundations of Islam itself. Yeah. I think some of the reading I read, I was doing was, was, was suggesting that uh, there's a parallel for Muslims with the Quran and Christians with Jesus. In a way, that's true, yeah. There's a sense in which Christians are, if you're going to attack anything, Christians are most sensitive to attacks on Jesus, yeah. even more than the Bible, you could say. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but for a Muslim, attacks on the Quran are the, are the, the worst thing you could do. Uh, or oh, absolutely. In a parallel way. Is that right? I, I, would, I would tend to agree with that, yeah. Um, one of the reasons I think the, the 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 dictum "people of the book" is an inaccurate one is that is that actually, as Christians, we're, we're not people of the book. Um, people were following Jesus, and they were worshiping communities for, you know, a couple of centuries before there were uh, that there was a, a text of the anything New. put together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the the documents existed, and they were clearly um, uh, they were clearly, clearly authoritative. But if you think about it, we don't have a New Testament till the middle of the fourth century and Athanasius's festal letter. Um, whereas the, the, the revelation of the Quran is very much the beginning of Islam. Jesus is the beginning of, of the Christian faith, not, not the Bible. The Bible yeah. is the product of Christian faith, not the origin of it. Well, yes, yeah. and as I also read that um, um, Muslims don't like to be called Mohammedans. Oh, oh, goodness, yes. that's a, that was, And in fact, what's interesting is that if you read sort of um, Christian scholarship from the, the Middle Ages, right through to the likes of Matthew Henry in the you know, sort of Enlightenment period, um, that's how they refer to Muslims. And, and I think it, it's, it's partly an insult. It's a, you know, it's a way, it, you know, I think it's because they knew uh, that Muslims do not like to be referred to as Mohammedans. Yeah, that's a... because their focus isn't Muhammad. Their focus no. is the Quran, the word, the the revelation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the Quran is is seen as, in a very very literal sense, the word of God. It is it is is his literal words put on paper. So they follow the following the Quran for them is the same as following Allah. So to say that they follow Muhammad is is uh, is considered so that's a big difference because we would say we follow jesus very much Absolutely. we follow jesus and here's yeah. the living word and of course the word is the word of god but yeah that's a bit that's a big big difference between the two right that's a huge difference and and again it, it i think it's it, it comes back to this this notion of divinity when when john says that jesus is you know the word made flesh he's making obviously a, a huge claim there for for the the for the muslim that the quran in a sense is the kind of incarnation of the divine word 
whereas we're saying that actually the, the word's incarnated as a person and and it's on those grounds or partly on those grounds that that we we say that jesus is divine um but of course no no muslim would dare to say that muhammad was divine in fact it's the highest form of blasphemy to mm -hmm. uh, to assign divinity to a human being mm -hmm. well now so i tell you what i this is i think this is great material this is going to be plenty for what we're going to need for this class andy so maybe just to finish off um let's say let's say i'm talking to my new neighbor mm -hmm. and he knows i'm a christian already mm -hmm. and i know he's a muslim already he's told me that i've told him uh, what i believe on a very basic level he knows yeah. um i bump into him um i'm hoping to have some kind of spiritual conversation is there other things that you think connect for Muslims in particular to start a spiritual conversation? Are there things that make sense to them to talk about? Because there is, if I'm talking to another Christian believer, it makes sense for me to talk about certain things. Yeah. Right. Um, but I might not know with someone from a Muslim background, what kind of makes sense to them to, to, to broach as a spiritual conversation i had to get into the whole arena of talking about faith without making it a conversation about religions but yeah. making it a conversation about faith and spirituality i, I, I mean and as far as you know are there some things that that make a conversation easier to, to begin and to find that kind of common ground anything like that yeah that's a really good question um i mean at the end of the day, it, it, will, it will always depend on who you're speaking to. There, there are some people who obviously will take offense at anything. And so, you know, you, you're never going to, it's never going to be perfect. But I, I think one thing that I found in some of my interactions with Muslims, um, and this, this tends to be more sort of um, scholarly Muslims, um, but part of why they get very irate at some of the sort of fundamentalist readings of the Quran and some of the associations with violence and terrorism is that they feel that Islam is kind of stripped of its of its beauty that there is a, a beauty in the tradition and a um, you know that there's beautiful poetry in the Quran and and, and, I, and I think I think what I've found the ways that I've connected is actually to talk about because I, I've often had this view that Allah is just this distant, impersonal kind of thing, um, and there, you know, like, there are reasons why I, why I think that. But um, I found that that Muslims that I've interacted with, they they want to speak about Allah in in more sort of personal fashion. Right. So I think leading off with. Um, issues like prayer meditation and in fact how it is that through jesus we connect with god and and ask them about their personal connection with god because i think we miss all of this and, and i think there is much more to be said from muslims about how they do that because you know what tends to take the headlines is you know terrorism and and bombing planes and everything but 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 behind all that there is actually a faith and a desire to connect and a desire to have um, a sort of a, a deep rooted spirituality. And so if you can speak along those lines and talk about your own experience of spirituality and how Jesus and how um, scripture um, uh, informs that, I think what you'll find is that 
Muslims actually agree with that and they'll say, well, yeah, the, the Quran helps them with this and they, they can explain how and, you know, that they, they're seeking a personal connection with Allah and they can explain how they do that and how, you know, the five pillars help them do that and uh, about how even um, mosque fellowship maybe even helps them do that. Um, I've, I've been to a mosque a few times. When my father passed away, I, I, went, I went to a mosque a couple of times um, and there's definitely, you know, it's an undoubted sense of, 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 uh, of brotherhood amongst many Muslims and, and they were very sort of, um, sympathetic. Um, so I think all of this kind of gets missed. Uh, and I think engaging Muslims on, on that level. Um, it's a sort of a human level and a heart level absolutely. That, we, that we can miss if we focus on the religion. So right? that's exactly and, what it is. And one of the one of the pillars of Islam is prayer, right? Yes. So, so it should be one of those areas we could talk about on some level, um, being people of faith. Definitely. I'm actually wondering about that with my my neighbour. That that might be something for me to, a place to begin, and ask him: Does he have a prayer life? Does he have, Does he value yeah. that side of spirituality? Um, yeah. yeah. And you might find that a, a liberal Muslim is is less likely to be someone who follows the you know the the five mm. daily prayers or whatever it is that they do, um, but might be someone who wants to to sort of connect with God in a more sort of just meditative, contemplative way, which might even be more akin to to Christian prayer. Funny talking to you about this, Andy, because I, I, seriously, I mean, when I met this chap three or four days ago, I thought, mm. oh, this is really interesting, and I'd like to get to know him, and he's a very friendly fellow. Mm. Um, but then I, I was thinking about this class and, the, you know, in what way, not am I hoping we can put a class together that will help the rest of, say, people in Thames Valley. But but for me, you know, I, I mean, yeah. here I am and here's my neighbor. And in fact, next door to him, but one door closer <clears throat> to me are some nominal Muslim, another nominal Muslim family from Iran. Mm. So uh, and we've never we, we're actually we're very friendly, but we've never talked about anything spiritual. Mm. And I, I, I think I really want to find a way to have a non-threatening, yeah, but meaningful spiritual conversation with these guys. Let's mm. just see where it goes from there. Because you know, if we can get into spiritual conversations, then we never know where that's going to go. Because this, we, we believe the Holy Spirit comes into all that, mm. and then guides us and and provides opportunities. It's getting it started, I think, in a way that isn't aggressive, isn't yeah. negative or, or condescending or um, making assumptions, like you said yeah. earlier. No. If we can get started, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Well, I hope you found that conversation helpful. I certainly did, because it's helped me to think about the way to have conversations with my Muslim neighbours on the street just outside where I'm recording this. So uh, let me know what you think. If you've got any questions, do send them in. You can email us. You can drop a, a note wherever you see or hear this recording. Leave a comment. Uh, contact us via the Thames Valley Facebook page. Send in any questions and any suggestions you have for resources. I'm going to be putting some book suggestions and other resources suggestions from myself and Andy um, in the show notes to this podcast and this video. If you've got any that you think would be useful, then do please let us know. That concludes the third of our classes on three big questions for this year. I really appreciate and I'm grateful to Fabian, to Alex and to Andy Boachi helping me with these classes. If you've got other topics you'd like to see us cover, maybe later this year or if we do a similar series next year, 
how the question you know the big questions of how do we help people uh, to understand to uh, how do we have conversations with people on matters that help us to then find ways to share our faith so if you have any suggestions do let us know thanks very much take care and god bless Thank you.